Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. All right, here's what I want you to do. I always like to create a little transition between times like this. So I have a conversational question for you that I want you to share with your neighbor real quick. Here's the question. Who is someone that you know that is a person of peace? And I'll just define person of peace as someone you know that just they, they have a peaceful kind of persona about them. They give and freely receive peace in their life. So would you just tell someone, like think for a minute, someone that you know that's a person of peace. And if you don't know anybody, that's okay. Just listen to the person next to you. Go. 30 seconds. Person of peace. Go fast. All right, how many of you, raise your hand if you say, like, I know someone who I would say is a person of peace. Raise your hand, raise your hand. Aren't those people the best, right? They're the greatest, right? They're, they're so good. They, they, just, they just are such a blessing to so many of us because it's not just that they possess peace, but everybody around them is affected by the peace that they're pouring out. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about peace. In fact, for the next three Sundays, that's going to be the underlying kind of thought that we're going to be talking about because we are, remember we are in a series talking about a non-anxious presence and I just want to say today that a non-anxious presence is a person of peace and a person of peace is actually possible for you. You can actually be a person of peace. You can be that man. You can be that woman. It's possible. You can be that person, right? Now in the scriptures, a person of peace is someone, well in Luke 10, it describes it as someone who is uh, open, if you will, to and welcoming of the gospel and Jesus into their city, into their home. And, and that's, that's a really appropriate title and an appropriate way to describe a person of peace. But I want to talk about it maybe in a little bit more practical level for all of us. Another definition of a person of peace can come from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. So I'm going to read this. So help us get into this whole thing. It's going to be good. Here we go. You all ready? Yeah. All right. It says this. Do not be anxious about anything. Oh, man, there's that sentence again. Do not be anxious about anything. We're going for it, though. That's what we're going for in this series. We're going for that reality. But in every situation, by prayer, everyone say prayer, Prayer. and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace, everyone say peace, peace, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I want you to notice Paul points to prayer, okay? He points to prayer. And then he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Secondly, he points to praise. So prayer, praise. He says, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. So thirdly, he talks about practice. And the God of peace will be with you. So a person of peace has the peace of God. Now I'm wondering who in the room is interested in that? You guys interested in that? Right. Well, Paul mentions, Paul mentions, thank you, Paul mentions prayer, prayer, praise, and practice. These three things lead to peace. You notice these three points start with P. 
that could make for a good sermon, right? We could call it the three P's of peace. We could call it peace cubed. We could call it the three pieces of peace by Paul. But we're not going to do that. Thank goodness, right? Although I'll probably talk about it again. This message is titled today, um, it's a simpler thought than the three Ps. The message is titled, What's Good? What's Good? Everyone say, What's Good? good. Anyone ever say that to you? Hey, what's good? What's good? What's cracking? You know, what's going on? Right? We are, in, we are in week number four of Better Than a Bird. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, You're better than a bird. <clears throat> We've been teaching from this passage where Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will wear. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. God takes care of them. So he's saying, listen, this seems so simple, right? But he's saying God cares about your life. This is what we've been saying the last number of weeks. He says, think about it. He takes care of all of creation. He even takes care of the birds of the air. Don't you know that he's going to take care of you. So stop worrying like you've forgotten that God cares about you. Stop worrying that you think he's going to forget you or not see you. Jesus is like, listen to me, God has you. This is what Jesus is saying. So again, today's message, we're calling it, what's good? Now, anytime we go to a restaurant, especially a new restaurant, Christy, without fail, will ask the waiter, what's good here? What's good? And what does the waiter say? Does, this give, does he give her an easy answer? No, he gives her five options. He's like, oh, this is good, this is good, this is good. And all of them, one of them is always the most expensive option. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, I didn't ask you. I, I'm choosing one thing. Like, I need to know what's really good. Maybe we need to rephrase the question. What's really good? Like, what's the best? Because I want this meal to blow my mind. I want it to be the best meal that I could have ever had in my life. Because that's the way we act about every meal. It's our last meal ever. We're like, it's got to be the best. It's so funny. We're like, we got one shot at goodness, or it's just disappointment, right? Yet the scriptures say, we do this in life, don't we? Like, it's got to be the best. Yet the scripture says, goodness and mercy can follow you all the days of your life. It's not one shot at goodness, or it's disappointment. It's not an either or. It can be goodness every day. Becoming a person of peace flows from all the days of your life. Imagine a fountain. You can be a fountain of peace. A fountain flow out of that fountain. It's a flow, like water flows from a fountain, and like peace can flow from your life. But I know what really flows from many of our lives, what it feels like is worry and anxiety and fears, they are more the norm than peace. I know that busyness and stress and work can pile up to the point that that's all that your life really seems to be about managing that, right? I know it can feel like you're never going to get the money that you really want for your, for your family, for yourself. I know it can feel like the problems in your marriage are never going to solve themselves. I know it can feel like you're never going to find someone. I know you can worry day and night about your wayward child and will they ever come back to you. I know that you can live wondering what is actually good here. I know that because life doesn't always feel all that good. And I know that sometimes when we're like, okay, God, I'll give you a shot. It's sort of that one meal. It's got to blow my mind. So I'm going to read my Bible. And then we go, but that didn't work. 
And so we're like, I'm disappointed. Or I'm going to go to church and you're going to be like, did you hear that message? That, that pastor was lame at that other church. <laughs> right? You're going to have that experience, right? And you're going to give God a moment and then it's not going to work. And so it's like, it's either, it's either all good or all disappointment. And God's trying to teach you, no, 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 there's something good every day. I can, the goodness and mercy can follow you all the days of your life. But we keep making it like blow my mind or I'm going to be disappointed. We're going to try and answer the what's good question today because it has a lot to do with our peace. And our peace has a lot to do with our worry. And that's what we're dealing with in this series. We're dealing with our worries. We're dealing with our anxieties. We're dealing with the idea that we can be people with a non-anxious presence. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. It's the very first chapter of the very first book of the Bible. You probably knew that. And I love the story of Genesis 1. God created the world and everything in it, everything that we can conceive. The universe was made by God. And it says that he did this in seven days, well, six days, and then the seventh day he rested. Which some people are like, well, is, that, is that seven literal days or is that seven figurative days? And that's not really the point of the creation account. The, cre- the creation account is about understanding that God is the author of life. He is the creator and that God created you. And how long it took, it doesn't really matter. It's the creator's choice in how he created and it's the creator's choice in why he created. But we get to find out in what God did in creation something pretty powerful. I want to start in Genesis chapter 1 verse 20. Uh, I want to point us to something today that is profound detail in the creation account. We're going to start on day five, all right? And it says this, and God said, everyone say, and God said. said. Oh yeah, God is speaking and he still is speaking. He's speaking right now. He said, let the water team with living creatures, let the birds fly above the earth and across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with, uh, with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Everyone say it was good. good. Birds are good, but I don't know. I know someone better. <laughs> verse 22, God blessed them. Now, if you're paying attention to the creation, God, this is the first time God blesses anything that he's created. And everything on day five and day six is blessed. So the fish and the birds are blessed. Everything on the fifth and sixth days are blessed. And he said this, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And then God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. Verse 25, God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. We need to do a series called Into Their Kinds. And, and the livestock according to their kinds and the creatures. I already said that. And it was good. Everyone say it was good. Yeah. Then God said, let, let us make mankind in our image. Now, this is our favorite part of the movie, isn't it? We're like, oh, he's talking about us. It's the crescendo of God's opus, the pinnacle of his creation. It's, it's me. We love hearing about ourselves. Now, we're not going to read in Genesis 2, but he, talks, he does say something very specific in, the, in, in chapter 2. He says that God breathed into the man, into his nostrils, the breath of life, which I love that detail because he doesn't do that with anything else in his creation. And so some things he speaks into creation, and one thing he breathed into creation, and that's you and me. We have the breath of God in us. 
So heck yeah, we're better than a bird. So let's make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they, that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and over the wild animals and over the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them. God blessed them again. And he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. I want you to go have some babies, right? Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I will give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree with, uh, that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. So good. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Everyone say it was very good. Now, we didn't even read about what God did on the first four days, which was some of God's greatest work, right? Remember, he said, let there be light, and light was like, all right, bam, there was light, right? God spoke and said, let there be sky and water, let there be dry land and all the, and at the end of each day, God stopped, and he said the same thing. He said, and it was good. And it was good. Then he made the sun, the moon, the stars. And he said, at the, at the end of the day, he stopped and he said, oh, it's good. It's good. Now, let me ask you, have you ever thought about what God could have created? Because he says that he stopped. I mean, think about all the things that God could have created. I mean, I could let our minds wander a little bit. I, just, I, I did a little bit. And I was like, man, he could have made like two earths instead of one, which he probably did. Probably in a galaxy far, far away. Aliens are real. Hashtag. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or he could have made insects that were like the size of elephants, which would be freaky. Or elephants the size of insects, which would be funny. <laughs> or he could have made like unicorns, which would made every seven-year-old girl really happy. He could have made superheroes. He could have made time machines. He could have made do-over days, which I really like this idea. Like, what if he gave you 20 do-over days when you were born? And you're like, all right, I've got to use these wisely. Because some days we all want a do-over, right? He couldn't have done a lot of things, but what we see is at the end of the day, God stopped and said it was good. I'm wondering today, how many of you need to stop and declare what is good in your life? How long has it been since you stopped and declared a proper list of things that you say are good? I want you to consider it this way. Worry and anxiety declares and dwells on what feels unfinished, insecure, bad, and threatened. Peace declares and dwells on what is good, finished, secure, and worthy of stopping and seeing. There is a lesson we can learn from the fifth day. The day that the birds and the fishes were created. <laughs> There's something that the birds know that you don't know. I want to let you in on it. The birds know who created them and why they were created. The birds know they weren't, that they were created to fly, they were not created to swim. The lesson from the fifth day is easy. God blessed the birds to be birds and the fish to be fish. We don't have any birds trying to be fish and fish trying to be birds except that one fish that tries to fly. We know about the flying fish. That one's a little confused. But the rest of them, <laughs> the rest of them know exactly who they are. Are you all with me? So here's the truth. You're better than a bird, but sometimes you're not smarter than a bird. Am I talking to anybody yet? Someone's like, amen, I need to tell my husband that. Someone is like, I know who to send this message to now. 
Yeah, you're better than a bird, but sometimes you're not smarter than the bird. Because on the sixth day, we were blessed just like the birds, but we struggle to know who we are. Some of us are trying to swim, but we, weren't crea- but we were created to fly. Some of us are trying to fly, but God didn't give us wings. Right? If that's too metaphorical, some of you are trying to be your sister and you need to stop. She's great, but she's not perfect. And here's the deal. God created you to be you, and you are created as good. Some of us are trying to be bankers when we should be builders. Some of us are trying to be builders when we should be nurturers. Some of us are trying to be worldly when God's called us heavenly. Some of us are trying to be sinners, but we're a saint, and we need to leave behind the life of sin. Are you all with me? Some of us are trying to be like the family that we saw on Instagram that always somehow gets the perfect picture with all their family dressed perfectly with the sunset in the background. And you're like, how do they do that? And they go post it on the internet and they make the rest of us feel bad. We're like, why can't my family be like that? But you're comparing yourself to something on Instagram. I don't know if you got the, the note, but Instagram's not real. Facebook's not real. It's a real picture, but it's not real life. And some of you are trying to be like something that's not real life. The birds were blessed. And they knew who they were, and they knew who would take care of them. We're better than a bird, but we should be acting smarter than a bird. But somehow they've figured out some things that we still struggle with. We struggle with who we are, and we struggle with whose we are. And we worry about the things that God continually reminds us that you don't have to worry about that. How many times we got to hear the same truth? I mean, seriously. So what am I going to do with this thing? Simple question. What's good? What's good in your life? Are you worrying about all sorts of things but not seeing the good things that are all around the things you're worrying about? God stopped and said it was good. How many know there's a difference between stopping and settling? God didn't settle, but he did stop. Some of us don't know how to stop. All we know how to do is settle. So we get to the end of the day and we go, I guess that's good enough. And we settle instead of intentionally stopping and saying, let me now just go ahead and declare what I know is good. So we settle every day instead of stop. And God did this every day. I think this is the most profound thing that I've recently kind of pulled out of this creation account. Is the creation account teaches us this profound act of God literally every day stopping and declaring what is good. He stopped and he said, this what's good, that's what's good. Some of us have to say that there are days when you just have to stop and say, you know, it's finished. How many of you guys know God had more left in the tank? He could have kept creating. There's all sorts of things he could have created, but there was a moment when he said, you know what? This is good. It's not good enough. I'm not settling. I'm stopping right now on purpose and declaring what is good. And so God knew how to stop, and some of us don't know how to stop. We think there's always more to do. We think there's always things we got to get done. So we try and be better, keep producing. We think it's not quite finished. And often that's where our anxiety comes from. Our anxiety comes from the fact that we never feel like everything's done. But God knew the practice of stopping and saying, now this day is done, and here's what is good. None of us do that. But God wants to whisper in your ear every day at the end of the day and say, you know what? Great job. You did your best. Life is good. You did what you could do. Now let me do what I do. Because he says, don't you remember that you need to trust me? Don't you remember that I have the things that you don't have? 
we've got to take the lesson from the fifth day. Because then on the seventh day, what happens? On the seventh day, he stopped working. I don't have this on the screen, but Genesis 2 says, Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I wonder if us, how many of us have this rhythm in, these rhythms in life. Think about it. What if every day you stopped and declared what was good? And what if every week you stopped and rested in God's goodness? Every week on whatever day you would declare to be the Sabbath, Sunday, Saturday, whatever, there's this, there's this practice, right, of Sabbath, which we're not going to get into today. It's an amazing practice. We've talked about it many times before. But the rhythm of six days of work and one day of rest is the core biblical rhythm to a non-anxious presence and a person of peace. And I'm not talking about, well, I'm talking about your days off from work where you get paid. I'm talking about resting from the work that we do in life. You want to be a person of peace, because that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about peace. You want to be a person of peace. You want to have a non-anxious presence in a world of worry. Stop and declare what is good every day and stop and rest in, what, in God's goodness every week. If that's all you take from today's message, that's enough. I'm telling you that's enough. If you want to be a person of peace, stop and declare every day what's good. Stop and declare or stop and rest in God's goodness every week. But I'm going to give you a little bit more because I know that's not good enough for you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I already want to give you a little more. I'm going to wrap up, though, with this. So far in this series, we've given you a few, a few tools. Uh, a few weeks ago, I gave you what's called the growth cycle. Throw that on the screen, which was essentially a practice tool. Like, how do you practice this out? How do you, what do you do, right? We gave you this idea of a growth cycle uh, two weeks ago. And then last week, I gave you this tool called shifting the weight, right? It was essentially a prayer tool. Like, how do you actually go to God in prayer? How do you shift the weight off of your own shoulders and give it to God where he says, cast all your cares upon me? Well, how do I actually do that, right? And so we talked through that tool. And I'm going to give you one more tool today. And it's, uh, remember the three P's of peace? Right? I gave you a, a prayer tool, a practice tool, and I'm going to give you a praise tool. See? Okay. I want to give you a praise tool. It's really an exercise. We'll call it what's good. What's good. And it's really just asking you a question. It's really an exercise, probably less of a tool. It's a really simple idea, though. But remember what it says in Philippians 4. Philippians 4 says, do not be anxious about anything. Remember that whole passage? He goes on, he says, finally... Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So when we combine the creation story and the profound detail of God stopping every day to declare what is good, and we take the instruction by Paul to think about what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, what if every day we stopped and saw what's good and praised God? So what if we learned how to stop and declare, oh, that's good. That's really good. That's lovely. I can't believe that happening. That's pure. He says anything excellent. So you'd be like, oh, that, that latte was excellent. Thank you, God, for coffee. Oh, that encouragement, my friend, that was, that was really cool. That sunset was just right. My paycheck, oh, that was lovely. <laughs> Instead of you then next time going, why is my paycheck? A lot of times we look at our paycheck and go, Really? That's all I got for what I did this week? But what if we said, you know what, that's good. I'm not going to compare myself to other paychecks. I'm not going to compare myself to the person I want to be. I'm just going to be content with who you've had me to be right now, and I'm going to trust that you have a bigger plan for me as I continue to move forward, and I trust you with all things. 
So we look at the things that God does and we say, oh, that's lovely, that's right, that's noble, that's admirable. That's excellent, that's praiseworthy. It's a simple exercise to declare what's good. Now, do I imagine all of you going out every day, ending your day, saying, now I have a new practice in my life and it's called what's good. I know that's not realistic, but I, what I am trying to introduce to you is there are spiritual practices like this that have existed forever. There's a, there's a daily practice called examine that has been going on for centuries that people have said, I need to put this practice in my life where I examine my heart every day. I ask the ways in which I was Christ-like, the ways that I wouldn't, wasn't, and I, and I try and apply and grow my life with Christ. And so in some ways, this is a simple version of that to where you just say, hey, what if more consistently in your life you just stopped you stopped and declared what is good. So here's what we're going to do. This week, our Go Deeper devotional, um, it'll be a place for you to write down every day what's good. What if for seven days you tried to do this? Every day, you write down a few things that were good. And this isn't like a, a deep study of your whole life of everything that's good. It's like what was good today. God did it every day. And he said what was good that day. So what if you stop? And you said, I'm going to just declare what's good today. So that'll be on the Go Deeper devotional. But today we wanna practice it right now. We wanna do this exercise today and give you the opportunity to do it. And so I've been doing this often through this series, but I've told you to get your phone out or if you have a journal, you can write in your journal. But I just want you to, in your journal, there's a, that blank line represents what you're gonna write. And I want you to take two, three minutes and I want you to write down three things from the last 24 hours that you would say, that's good, that's good. So get your phone out. I mean, everybody do this. I mean, I say this all the time, but we're in church. You might as well go all in, right? Might as well participate in what we're doing. So try this. Write something down with a pen and a piece of paper. Don't just write it in your head. Type it in your phone. Something like that. What's good? Declare what's good. Because here's what I know. As I know, we need a non-anxious presence in a world of worry. I know we all want that which means we need the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. I know we want that. But if we aren't stopping and saying what's good, well, then we are going to be preoccupied and we are going to dwell on what feels unfinished, what feels insecure, what feels bad and threatened. And peace declares and dwells on what is good, finished, secure, and worthy of stopping and seeing. So I'm going to give you just a few minutes. right even as we worship in just a moment you can continue to to reflect on this you continue to write think you may want to go way past three maybe for you it's like I need to declare a lot of things that are good right now so I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come we're going to sing and as we sing Feel free to respond as you feel you need to, whether right there in your seat or standing and worshiping or coming to an altar. We'll have a prayer team in the back corner. We'll have a prayer team up here in the front. Father, we just invite your Holy Spirit to come. We want to declare today what is good. Sometimes the simplest things is actually the most profound thing. <clears throat> and so, Father, I pray right now 
we would learn a lesson from your story. We would learn a lesson of what you actually did. And that, God, we would know that our praise and our prayer and our practice, those that our praise leads to peace. And so, Father, I pray right now <clears throat> that you'd bring peace over this room, that peace would settle in here, that your Holy Spirit, which is preempted by your peace, would come and would settle over us as we declare what is good. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.